0: So a couple weeks ago, we were forming a—we're getting our plan for the fall ready for education um, in, in the church for Sunday school and such. And I wrote a text, and I joked, and I said, you know, I've, we're, I'm excited about these classes. And, I'm, and I said, I think I'm thinking about starting a lightsaber construction class as a Star Wars guy myself, you know. And, of course, I was having some fun there. But I'm going to show you, in a minute, out of Ephesians chapter 6, a way to actually do that, you know, that we are um, given those instructions from St. Paul. So this is lightsaber construction class in church here. Hear the word of God in Ephesians 6. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come, Holy Spirit, feed us again. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Come, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. A friend of mine who was in an army platoon, he was actually an army platoon leader in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was actually a, a tank commander, too. He told me once that in Iraq, he could not go to the bathroom without putting on his armor. Because the place was so dangerous in Baghdad and Ramadi and places where Mike was. Sniper here, a mortar around there, just take you right out in any moment. The Apostle Paul wants us to know that spiritually, it's Baghdad out there. It's Ramadi out there. There is no zone in which we are totally safe from the fire of the evil one. Paul tells it like this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, Paul acknowledges elsewhere in his writings that, yeah, we struggle with the flesh. He's saying it's not only that, though. Scholars point out that the word for struggle here is used in the sport of wrestling in the first century. In fact, one scholar said, close struggle, hand-to-hand combat is in view. This isn't the firing of a drone missile. There are rulers, authorities, powers in this dark world, spiritual forces of evil. Peter O'Brien He's an Australian evangelical scholar. He points out that these different terms all point to the same reality. Powers of evil, demonic intelligences. Dr. O'Brien summarizes this way. He says, we think, if we think, if we think that the Christian life is simply a matter of human effort of exertion, then we have misread the nature of of the campaign and will not be able to resist the evil one's fiery darts my military friend knew how dangerous his old neighborhood was do we when I worked for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship it was a non-denominational college ministry on over 500 campuses in the country and I was on staff at Seattle Central Community College for six years and part of the Northwest InterVarsity region. And I was selected by the region to be on the national evangelism team. And on this team, we would go once or twice a year to discuss InterVarsity's national evangelism strategy. And at one of these meetings, our director of evangelism, Terry Erickson, said he was in charge of the meeting and we would, we would be discussing strategy and new ideas for evangelism and what God was doing. So, and then we would kind of relax in the evening and Terry said, Hey, there's a new movie out called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Why don't we go see it? It's about a spiritual topic. <laughs> We're like, Terry, really? It's like, well, he took, he took the, the National Evangelism Team of InterVarsity out to see The Exorcism of Emily Rose. The most terrifying movie I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I slept with the light on for probably a month after seeing this movie. You know, it was actually directed by a guy named Scott Derrickson. He's a biola grad directed this movie, and it's a well it's a well done movie. It's a real big you know, tentpole. Tom Wilkerson's in it. Um, a couple other uh, A list actors are in it. I'm not recommending the film one way or another, but I will say its depiction of spiritual warfare was very well done and utterly terrifying. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> We got back from seeing this movie, and we're staying at this big, like, old, uh, I think it was like a Catholic uh, school with these long hallways and, like, the fluorescent light that flickers at the end of the hallway and crucifixes everywhere. Oh, anyway. Well. <clears throat> Maybe the fact that this movie has such a realistic, compelling, powerful portrayal of evil, maybe that's not such a bad thing. I'm not recommending it one way or another. I'm just saying sometimes we can, uh, domesticate evil or, or I think Christians go to one or two, one of the other extremes in talking about this topic. Either the devil and demons aren't everything or we don't take it seriously at all. I think Paul is finding a middle path here. Take it seriously. Take Jesus more seriously, but take it seriously. Don't take it more seriously than Jesus. I don't believe Christians can be possessed by demons, but I believe we can be oppressed and bothered and pestered and attacked by devil and demons, as Paul is relating here. And so maybe it's not just a bad thing to be reminded of that, how dangerous it is, how scary it is, because it gets us out of relying on ourselves and gets us relying on God And Paul tells us how here, how to take heed. Stand firm then with the belt of of truth buckled around your waist. Notice where he starts. He doesn't start with offensive weapons, nor does he start with uh, kind of telling you what Satan's strategy is. He doesn't focus on the devil. He doesn't focus on us going on offense. He focuses on truth. That you start with the truth. What's the truth about me? What's the truth about God? This is the belt. Now the belt for a Roman soldier was a leather apron that hung under the armor and protected the soldier's thighs. When you fastened clothing under your waist, it was a way of preparing for rigorous activity. There's something securing about that. Following Christ's rigorous activity, he keeps us moving. Then there's more, of course, the breastplate of righteousness. Again, something that covers you. And it's righteousness that we know comes through Christ. The righteousness that covers our hearts is Christ's righteousness. He was out sin, became sin, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. In and through the Holy Spirit, we connect with Christ, we receive His righteousness, we live from that righteousness that covers us. We're being forgiven, not just forgiven but made new, declared righteous, given the righteousness of Christ as a gift. Truth and righteousness, belt and shield. This is where Paul starts. Knowing who you are and whose you are. Then there's shoes. Feet fitted. This is another interesting thing. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes From the gospel of peace. I don't know about you. I don't associate readiness with peace. I associate peace with kind of chilling out. (laughs) Watching TV. You know whatever. Laying on the lounger at the beach. There's a place for that. But here peace makes you ready. You're at peace. It's like the scene from. One of the middle Star Wars films where Qui Gon's ready to take on Darth Maul. Remember the scene where he's going to, and Darth Maul's pacing back and forth, the baddie? Real bad baddie. who And Qui Gon, played ably by Liam Neeson, you know, just, in, just like a Jedi prayer. He's all like chill, you know. We stand ready to battle evil. We stand ready to share our faith. We stand ready for the enemy when we're grounded in peace. We're not pacing internally. We know who we are. Take a breath. So belt, truth, shield, and peace feet. It's not the first things you'd think of when you think about going to war with the culture wars. What's going on right now with that in our society and all the meanness and nastiness and late night talk shows and stuff. It's not necessarily belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, I'm forgiven by Christ and I have peace on my feet. It's more like a... A war footing and attack footing. It's meanness met with meanness, not with the gospel. This is different. Paul has a different roadmap for us here. Different wardrobe, if you will. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So here's another shield, but here we get really for the first time in his outline, what's going to be incoming. Expect incoming. Expect to be attacked. When the Roman soldiers used this shield, it covered the whole person. So the idea here is that our faith in Jesus covers us as a whole, and we can expect arrows of temptation. We can expect arrows of accusation. We can expect arrows of discouragement. And that shield, we can expect, will protect us. The shield of faith. I trust in Christ to be my shield. St. Patrick, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ all around me. Then verse 17, Paul also calls us to take the helmet of salvation. Have you seen those helmets in those new fighter planes? I think they're like millions apiece to buy. You don't want to scratch those on the visor or you're in big trouble. But they have all this tech in them because it's all about the pilot's situational awareness. Well, the same here. The helmet which is salvation that our ultimate sense of situational awareness for combat, our readiness, is knowing who we are and whose we are in Christ. That I am saved, that I am sealed, (laughs) that I belong to him. And that's freeing. When you know whose you are, you know who you belong to. It's liberating. Don't go to battle without knowing the Lord has already rescued you from wrath. Don't step out the door in the morning without putting on that helmet and remembering I'm I'm saved from death even if I die today. Don't go out the street without remembering the Lord has rescued you from your bondage to sins. So you always have freedom from sin even when you're you're tempted. Don't go out the door in the morning without knowing you're forgiven from sins, from all sins when you fall because you're going to sin during the day. Don't go out, the, out of your bed in the morning without remembering in that helmet of salvation that the Lord has all authority in heaven and earth has given to him. That our salvation is from a saving, all powerful, almighty God. And that's the heart of our situational awareness. Okay, now we get to the one offensive piece. We got our belt. We got our shield. We got our helmet. We got our peace feet. Now we get the one offensive weapon. Okay, here's your lightsaber. Makaira, as it's known in Greek, scholars tell us, and I quote, is a relatively short sword or even a dagger used for cutting and stabbing and was distinct from a large, broad sword. It's the sword of the spirit, meaning the spirit makes the sword powerful and effective. It's not the cobalt crystal (laughs) or whatever in the lightsabers. The sword of the spirit is, Paul tells us, verse 17, is the word of God. Now the phrase word here for Paul usually means the gospel. And the particular word Paul uses here for word means spoken word. The great Gordon Fee, one of our greatest evangelical Bible scholars, says this. Paul here is stressing the actual speaking forth of the message which is given its penetration and power by the Spirit. It is the faithful speaking forth of the gospel in the realm of darkness, so that women and men held by Satan might hear this liberating and life giving word and be freed from his grasp. You speak it. God speaks in Genesis 1 and he creates the world. James warns us in James chapter 1 that the tongue is a fire, it can be set on fire by hell. So the downside is true too, we can destroy it with our words. But Paul tells us the sword, the dagger, the lightsaber is gospel truth spoken forth wherever we go. Speak it. I think for me, sometimes I need to speak it to myself. Because and maybe you, maybe you can relate to this. Because the battle is within. Am I going to live the gospel today, or am I going to live, you know, Matthew's issues or whatever, you know? So to preach the gospel to myself, to speak, to speak that truth into myself, and to cut into my own darkness. Maybe it starts with us doing that daily. I think so. And then into the world in which we go, realizing we have that power. You're in a Starbucks line, you're sitting across from your workmates, you're talking with a friend on the phone. Whatever. You speak gospel truth whether scripture itself or words that are based on scripture and when you do that you slash at the darkness and into that slashing light pours in when we use this spiritual dagger to attack darkness we speak about all that god has done for us in jesus christ we put christ's rescue of us into words To those haunted by sins, we declare forgiveness available in Christ. To those held in sin's grip, we declare freedom through relationship with Christ. To those scared of death's shadow, we declare Christ's victory and resurrection. We slash into the darkness whenever we speak Christ's work for us. Speech is our lightsaber. Speaking the gospel So we start with putting on our armor. We wear the gospel. That's the whole thing. We put on the gospel every day. Belt, breastplate, shield, helmet, feet of peace. Knowing who we are and whose we are. And then in our words, and I think in our actions too. You've heard sometimes preach the gospel, sometimes use words. I got a little beef with that. Because I think sometimes that gets Christians gets them off the hook at speaking because Paul is clearly talking about speech here. Still, there's a saint, There's truth to that. I believe it's attributed to St. Francis. That's true. We can speak the gospel with actions. But here, Paul is, make no mistake, talking about words. We use our words to proclaim the word. And that's our lightsaber that cuts into the darkness. My friend Bob is really good at this when we pray together sometimes and or just talking about life, he'll just start sharing scripture, not in a haughty or you know spiritually highfalutin or you know obnoxious or prideful way, just in a way of saying, "I'm going to share this. I'm going to tell, speak my heart. It's so woven into his heart." And I think, like I say, it starts with us saying that to ourselves, doesn't it? Cutting through our own darkness, cutting through the darkness and letting light, speaking us spread inside of us and then out of us well as we go to war wear our armor and what that means know who you are and whose you are in Jesus Christ and as you go to war take your lightsaber which just means speak the truth of what God has done to make us who we are and speak the truth about whose you are in Christ may it be so for you and for me now and forevermore